0: coffee drinkers, bass players, musicians of the world. Can I just say how much fun it is to to do the podcast? It's just, I, I, I just spent yesterday and today making a YouTube video. We will get to the contents of that in just a moment. But, you know, did two cameras, you know, it's just me sitting here, master shot, did two cameras finally, and I did you know, tracked in filmed in S log and then screwed up the color grading and the color correction. It was just a lot of what I'm trying to get at here. was just a lot of work to do that stuff, especially when you're on your own, you're doing all the, all the moving parts and then the editing and the, the, the photographs and the this and that, just all the stuff. And and to put out like a 14 minute um, YouTube or 12 minute, whatever it was, not very long YouTube video. It takes, I don't know, probably 6 7 hours of work and it definitely wasn't in terms of the production my best job ever i made too many mistakes i should not have tried to shoot in an s log and then color correct it it that that was just one step too far it doesn't look horrific but it wasn't what i was going for anyway to sit down put the headphones on not have to worry about what i'm wearing what's in the backdrop what the lighting is just pull the mic up hit the red button and talk to you guys that is I don't know, there's there's a lot of value in that uh, for me, um, just, just with the ease in which I can kind of make it happen and, um, and get, you know, a long-form thing out there and communicate. So, okay, enough about that, enough about the freaking podcast being my favorite thing. Um, let's go, let's go. It's Sunday, it is, what's the date here? March 13th. Sunday, March 13th, middle of March. So almost exactly two months until the new album comes out, until the new Trio record comes out. I've been talking about it a bunch in these past episodes about the plans and going to Spain and the Trio and the movie and the documentary and all that stuff. Well, today, bob was the launch of the pre-sale. Today is the launch of the pre-sale. Yannick Guzdala.com forward slash store. Is it forward slash I say that kind of just automatically because that's what I hear people say. Um, I should probably check that before I commit that to to the world. Um, is it forward slash? Or it, yeah, it is forward slash. Hey, I was right. So, yeah. Yeah, it was forward slash store. There are five levels of this pre-sale, five tiers, five different packages. Man, it's been a mission putting them all together and trying to figure out how to do it. I think... I think, I hope, um, they seem to be selling well today. So that's always a great sign. I've had some really beautiful feedback and messages in the Telegram channel, on the YouTube comments, uh, personal text messages. Everyone like really supportive and um, very positive in the feedback. So I I, th- I think we've got the balance right. I really hope we do. Um, you can give me feedback on that wherever you uh, you engage, Telegram, YouTube, Instagram, you name it. Yeah um, there's no shortage of places to get in touch. Um but yeah, there are five tiers, five packages, all with slightly different things. they obviously the, the higher up you go, the more expensive they get. Um but it's it's uh it's a really exciting moment and it's a kind of a scary moment as well, because I don't know what's gonna happen, how it's gonna work. Um but it's very, very freeing in terms of committing to getting away from what we now accept as the normal way to release music as musicians and to consume music as listeners, Uh, meaning Spotify, Apple Music, streaming services in general, mega corporations who kind of suck the life out of what artists do. Um, And I know before people like, you know, bark at me like, well, people do make money from streaming. Yeah, I know that I'm, I'm well aware that people make money from streaming and the people like Drake and Justin Bieber and you know, et cetera, et cetera, who are, who are getting a billion streams on their songs. Yes, they are making some money from streaming. Okay. Um, the reality for us, uh, I, am I an indie artist? Is that what it's even called anymore? For, for for the rest of us, let's just call me and anyone who's listening who records and releases music. We we are all part of, uh, quote unquote, the rest of us. Um, doesn't do a lot for us, as I'm sure if you've ever released music, I'm sure you are aware when you've seen those, um that box full of, digital streaming checks come through the door you know it's not like you're breaking your back carrying it to the bank to to cash them all in fact are there seinfeld fans i'm sure there's one or two jerry seinfeld uh, the show and the show specifically seinfeld fans what what is um what was the episode with checks like he had a commercial or something on on tv in japan and they sent him like hundreds and hundreds of checks for like two cents that's what spotify feels like Spotify feels like that episode of Seinfeld and it's just not worth signing the checks to cash them. Um, so I'm really, uh, I feel freed up having committed to get away from that because that is easy, right? That's it. Everyone can do it. Literally, I think that's probably half the problem. Literally anyone can do that. Sign up for a DistroKid, TuneCore, CD Baby account, Record some shitty music, boom, throw it up on Spotify, and you're part of the club. There's no responsive. There's no barrier to entry, uh, no responsibility to make good art, particularly, um, and yeah, pretty much anyone can do it. So that's kind of the norm, the easy way to do it. Very happy to be moving away from that uh, as fast as I possibly can. And this this album is uh, is going to mark the the beginning of that. I should say that I don't think. there there is no use for a service like Spotify Um, I think that it could work as as an archive you know I think Spotify is where the music should go after it's had it's kind of cycle of of initial life perhaps you know maybe there's a, a time frame where I will eventually upload my music to Spotify again and to streaming services in general but I want to create that scarcity and that value and that experience uh, initially for the audience, for my fans, for you bass players, coffee drinkers out there, um, so that it's a little special. So now we have this May 15th, for instance. That's a date to look forward to where something is actually going to happen. The music is going to be released on that day, and it will only be in a very specific place. There's only one place you can get that music. That's at my website. You know, If you you pre-order it now um you know you'll get get to have the the entire album when it comes out on uh may 15th um for people who don't uh participate in the pre-order thing um what i'm going to do is release two or maybe depends how many total songs go on the album i'm thinking between 10 and 12 um and i'm planning to release two or three singles a month until we have the full album out there as singles then it will come together collectively as an album and um it will, uh, you know, it'll it'll then be available as an album um, for download, but still just at my website, and um, so that's the plan. It it started today, uh, got off to a great start. Have to say, very happy about that. If you were one of the people who jumped on the pre order early, really, really appreciate that. Um, it's really. Important. Also, I said this in the YouTube video. Uh, it's the latest one. If you're listening close to the release of this podcast, it's the latest one in uh, in my feed, um, so you can go check that out. It kind of goes into a little bit more detail about the different packages and uh, you know the concept of what I'm doing here. But I, you know, for those people not on the YouTube uh, in the YouTube lane, I, I definitely want to reiterate here on the podcast about how this is not. It's not GoFundMe. It's not a Kickstarter. This is not, you know, the the, the art being made is not dependent on hitting a monetary goal. Like I'm going to make this record, and I'm going to make the documentary film, and I'm going to do all these things, regardless of whether I do. Well, <laughs> before today, I could say regardless of whether I sell one pre-sale or a thousand. So we've already done uh, significantly more than one, so that was amazing. But really, it had had it literally been one person bought it, and that was it for the ne- next two months. I still would have made the record. Um, so really, I think it's important to understand that I uh, see value in it for myself before it goes out into the world and and any value beyond that that you find in it and any enjoyment you get out of that is a huge bonus. And if you are willing to, you know, pay for it in some form or another, that is an even bigger bonus on top. And who knows, maybe that will turn into a viable source of perhaps not income. I don't uh, expect to ever live from that um, exclusively, but it would be Fantastic! If at some point uh, I got to the level where it could continue to maintain itself, and not, not perhaps place such a financial burden um, on making music and on recording music and and being an artist as it has done in the past, I think I've 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 spoken kind of a, a pretty much a great length. I think I did something in the Telegram channel where I put a bunch of slides and I really discussed in great detail dollar amounts of you know, how much I've made from music I've recorded in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure I put screenshots. Actually, while I'm sitting here talking to you good folk, I could probably just dial up the Telegram and uh, go back just so I have the correct numbers in my head. Uh, let's see here. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never... I'm always the, the first to try and be as, as open and as honest as possible about all of those things. I think it's important for people to know that, you know, some of that is such a mystery and it's something that people don't want to talk about. I, I'm not sure why. Um, maybe they're making more money than they want people to know about. I, I don't know. Um, for the most part, they're not <laughs> guaranteed. They're not, especially if they're streaming their music on, um, on, on, on the regular platforms. Wow. We've had a lot of chats in the Telegram channel, so maybe this isn't as easy to just fire right up and find these numbers. Holy crap. But let's let's say uh, I have, what, about 12 records out there, 12 full-length albums as a band leader um, over the last, uh, what are we, eight? 18 years now. I've been making records since 2004. Well, <laughs> we've talked about this before. 18 years I've been releasing records. I've been making records for over 20 years. It just took a little while to release that first one. But I know. I, th- I think I shared my Bandcamp lifetime Bandcamp sales. And when you look at 12 albums, for instance, and some have cost a little less, some have cost a little more. But uh, I worked out that my kind of average spend on a record, um, was around the $10,000 mark. And again, I'd be fully transparent here that some of them were more, some of them were less, but I would say over the course of 12 albums, I've probably put in about $120,000 in terms of recording my own music. And I know that, in fact, I should just look straight into Bandcamp here um, and give you the real... I really want to give you the real figure. I think that makes... I hadn't planned to do this, obviously. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have had all this information, uh, all of this ready to go. But um, let's see here. Bandcamp. And I got to say this. Another another thing that I'm going to be getting rid of as well is Bandcamp. Because I'm basically going to do what Bandcamp is, the service Bandcamp is providing. But there's going to be nobody taking the 15% on all the fees and everything. So here we are. We're in sales in Bandcamp. All time. Here we go. So all time. So since I started on Bandcamp, that is I think June of 2010. So 12 years. Drum roll, please. The total number, bearing in mind, 12 albums. And actually pff, more than that, because I put up a lot of live stuff as well when I was touring with the band back in the day. So Give or take 12, 13, 14, 15 full-length records, including the live stuff. Total sales, $33,947.68. Let's do a little quick math here. $39,947.68 divided by, let's just call it 12. So that means on Bandcamp I made back $2,800. $2,828, 20, 28, 28, basically. Um On Bandcamp, so I made back just over uh, an average of a quarter of the money. Um, Then we go, obviously, to I should log into CD Baby as well. Why not? Maybe CD Baby will tell me that I I made like a million dollars, and I totally just forgot about it. Um, But I don't think so. Besides the the numbers that I am going to pull up for you here in a second, what I'm getting at is um, I've never made the money back on records ever um and as much as they averaged out at $10,000 some of the when they were more expensive and the musicians were more expensive and and it took longer and was more complicated to make that was a a much bigger burden at the time you know in real time um and i i think it is possible to change that i really hope so um like i said in the in the youtube video i see you guys and girls, you bass player, coffee drinkers, I see you, the fans, um, as the kind of people who are with me, are, are, are kind of invested in the journey and have been for quite some time. You know, I've been, I have been paying attention to the feedback I get from, from, from you guys and I feel like you're the kind of fans who want to help me on this journey. And um, here I am showing up to ask you if, you will, if you'll come along because there's, there's no way I can do it on my own. I think that's the first like admission um, you have to make. At least I know that's the first admission I have to make is I can't do it on my own. There's no way because without the audience kind of like screaming into the void and as much as I do love the music I make and it is very satisfying and I I find a lot of value and and worth in that. um, It's always better with an audience. It's always better with a group and, um, so that this is kind of the it's not like it's the first time, you know, I'm getting fans, <laughs> the first time people are interacting with my music. But it's the first time I'm doing it with this intent, with this level of purpose, um, with this uh, intense focus um, into the future and with the intent of, sust- uh, of sustainability, um, I think that's really important. I think that's how it used to be. I know in the very beginning, I used to actually, you know, sell CDs, um, and and money did come in from that. You go on the road and you sell a product, and that that product is related to the concert that people are seeing every night, and it was definitely a, a major part of touring um, that really facilitated going on the road and being able to play concerts and. And and of course, it was great for the audience as well. You know, I know personally, you know, as a fan of other people's work, that if I go to a show and I I, I get in that zone and I hear music that I love, there's that ten to fifteen minute, you know, kind of a, a, a period right after the show is finished where that artist has completely got me wrapped around their finger. If I walk out into the lobby and there's a CD or maybe there's a T-shirt, or there's a poster, or it's vinyl or something, the, the likelihood that I'm going to buy it if I was that, you know, encapsulated by the performance is really high. And I think that's not the intent that I've been uh, doing this with for a while. You know, I, I know I had it before. I've experienced it a lot on the road with my own band touring all over the world. I've experienced it as a sideman with people like Mike Stern and Randy Breck and all those people that I've toured with in the past. And I'm, I'm, you know, making a real conscious effort to get back to that myself and to create an experience. That's really the key here, I think. And that's not like some marketing jargon. I I really believe that it is an experience, you know, it's it's a shared experience. Um, And I'm working on the balance. The balance is hard. Like I mentioned in the uh, in the YouTube video that it was kind of a scary space to get to. And and it is. There are a lot of moving parts, especially when I want to work on playing live. Especially when I want to work on having a regular band. And a regular band that's world class. You know, musicians that will say, Yeah, you know what, Yannick, you are the priority. as a sideman, like for Tom and Nico, I I need them to be able to say, Okay. You know, look at Nico. He's playing with John McLaughlin. He's playing with Bona with Etienne Mbappé. He's one of the busiest uh, drummers in Europe. Uh, Tom Corley uh, just did the new Peter Gabriel album and he, he toured with Peter like 10 years ago. I don't doubt that having recorded a new album, they're going to go do more stuff. So that's kind of that where, where it becomes scary. You know, I love these guys. I love these guys. Okay, period. And I really, you know, for their music, for who they are. And in order to Make this work. I'm actually not just creating an experience for you, for the audience. I'm, I'm hopefully creating an experience for us as a band, where they say, and it's a big ask, especially with the list of names I just reeled off. You know, I don't know if I'd be able to say that in their position, but I'm. The intent is to have something that works so well for everyone that they say, you know what, this is the priority for me. And I know I'm not crazy. I'm, I know it won't last forever. And at some times people are going to be busy uh, and that just happens. but the intent with which I'm going into it is really, really important to me that that really means a lot. and um, side note here, it looks like CD baby is just like giving me the middle finger and does not want to load, which is nothing new actually. Uh, I've had a lot of issues with logging into CD baby and uh, yeah, anyway. Um, suffice to say, it's it's not a lot better in in CD Baby the the numbers. So it maybe I've made like fifty or sixty thousand dollars total on those twelve albums. Let's I think the number is something like that. So I know I, the last time I did the maths, I know it it barely came to like fifty percent recouped. Um, and with stuff like this we're doing a pre-sale with offering these other things. I, I don't want to like take up the whole podcast with what's going on with the pre-sale but if you are interested there are five tiers and I've tried to kind of, you know, make them accessible right there. Tier 1 is the starter package. It's the album. That's it. It's the MP3s, it's the high quality high fidelity FLAC files of the album. You get it all at the same time rather than having to wait for the singles release. Um And we're doing a digital booklet as well, which I think is really important to let people know uh, kind of, you know, I I, I used to have that thing, like uh, either holding a piece of vinyl in front of me and then looking on the back of the credits and which studio it was in. And maybe there's a photograph of the band and, you know, wow, okay, so that's what like, you know, Richie T looks like. That's what Jeff Beccaro looks like, you know. It's really like a, a little window into a into a world that can seem really really far away and with that tiny piece of information suddenly you're kind of more way more on the inside than you would be just by going to spotify and you just use a track list and an artist name and that's it <laughs> i mean what is that you know i want to know who plays base on the certain Leonor Luecke record. And I wanna know who played guitar, you know, was it Eric Gale or was it uh, George Benson or was it, you know, it could be three or four guys potentially I wanna know. You know, I wanna know that information. So that's that has been something I've wanted to do for so long. I'm so happy I get to do it now because I'm in control. It's amazing what you can get done when you take control of the framework. So that's yeah, that's our tier one. That's the the album package Um, tier 2 includes the documentary film we are making a documentary about this thing film crew coming to Spain it's going to be so much fun to be able to document that, you know, mainly because I don't really know what's going to happen in the studio and um, it it helps actually not just present that to you guys and kind of uh, you know, archive what was happening really accurately but it actually helps with the production you know, when you're thinking, oh, man, what was I doing with the pedal here? And what was that exact combination? And maybe if it was this, we should mix it that way. But if it was that way, we should do something else. And, you know, being able to have a little visual reference, like, oh, man, I had the fuzz before the, the octave pedal or something. So there are a few little um, byproducts of of having the film crew there that actually really make the production um, a, little more, a little more efficient. Um, and then the third tier, a little bit more expensive, but I'm giving... I'm including, am not giving away anything, I'm including in the third um, third package my entire discography. So not only is it the new album, as I just described it, the documentary film, but the third tier also gets the entire discography, all 12, is it 12 albums and two singles? It's a lot of music. I worked out that it's 120 songs um, from the, it's the entire history of my recorded career as an artist. Um, tier four bumps up in price Um Quite significantly because we're doing this meet and greet um, has to be virtual because everyone's all over the world. I'm as sick of Zoom as you are, but there's literally no other way to do this. If we could do it in person, I'd wait until COVID was completely dead and buried and just do it. But there's just no way to do it in person. So it is a Zoom call. But I'm limit, limiting it to just 10 people. So the screen doesn't get crowded. So everyone gets to talk and ask questions and interact. And we'll get everyone. We'll get the film crew, the engineer who's in Buenos Aires, um, Nico in Paris, Tom in London, me here in L.A., uh, film guys in Denmark. Um, and yeah, will be. I, I think that will be a lot of fun, especially as we'll do it sort of shortly after the album and the film come out. So you guys will get a chance. Those of you who buy that package will get a chance to check it out and really have some, you know, specific uh, and perhaps personal questions to to ask us all about the process. So I'm psyched about that. And then the top tier, the big boy, um, kind of like Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. I'm not sure how many of you know that story, the Wu Tang Clan album where they just made. One copy of it and it went to that pharmaceutical moron, uh, really, What was his name? I forget his name. What a moron. Um, really not a great person. It ended up he bought it for two million dollars. It was one of one. Uh, Wu Tang destroyed the masters afterwards, so it was really just this one copy of the record on, on CD. Um, anyway, in that vein, obviously not on that level, but in that vein, um, I'm doing three personal songs like three songs that aren't going to be on the record and these are three different songs for three people to potentially buy them in fact somebody's already bought one so there are only two left um and basically it's it will be um these three songs that don't make it on the album that will be one of one they're a really kind of there'll be a unique piece of art a real collector's piece you'll be able to choose what you do with them, um, listen to them in private, listen to them with friends, share them if you like. Obviously, you won't be able to release them for commercial uh, profit, but you, you will be able to do whatever else you want with them. It, it's your choice. So like I said, one of those already sold like right away and there are two more left. It's something we can obviously only do in in limited numbers like that, especially at that price. I don't expect to sell a hundred of them. That would be that would be quite uh, that would be quite insane. <laughs> I'd be able to make twenty more records if I did that. So anyway, that's kind of the the hopefully have made it accessible. You know, that's what I want to do. Again, it's the scary place. The scary place is trying to. Um, make the balance, strike the balance between every moving part. And and part of that is price. uh, Part of that is um, product. uh, Part of that is value. Um, It's it's all the things I'm able to offer, the things I can't, just striking that balance is the scary part. I'm sure I haven't done it perfectly. I might not even have done it right yet, but at least I've done it and I've started and I'm trying to figure it out. And of course, I'm listening to all the feedback, and um, um, that's one thing I've gotten better at over the years: is listening to feedback, taking some criticism, uh, knowing what to do with it, how to process it positively, and move on and and make whatever it is I'm doing better. So, armed with that kind of toolbox, uh, it feels uh, as as scary as it feels. It also feels very hopeful and and optimistic. Um, I think the 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 thing i'm'm I'm, I'm excited you can hear it in my voice i'm excited about all of it i can't wait to get on the plane go to spain and, and make this make this music that's like obviously priority number one then shipping it off to juan pablo uh or sending him home with it rather so he can mix it in Buenos Aires and then being on calls with him and uh you know going over everything edits and track listing and all that at the same time obviously cutting the the movie that that's all super exciting leading up to May fifteenth. That's going to be two months now of like crazy tough work, trying to fit in being a dad there as well. <laughs> Can't forget that, um, and and just amazing. I, I, I love to work. I, I've always loved to do the work. I think that's always what I try and impart. If ever I'm doing a clinic or a masterclass, I just you know try and get people to find their uh, where, where their curiosity is at its most kind of um, energetic so the work is no longer work it's just fun and then before you know it you you end up doing way more work than you could ever have sort of planned to do uh which i which i think is a great position to be in that's what, that's the position i find myself in pretty much uh constantly which is very very fortunate um and yeah that is that's the next two months but then we like as soon as i get the footage going to start putting some promo stuff together to really dial in the tour dates in Europe. There, there are just so many layers to it. Obviously, I can't just go on the road for three months um, being a new dad and us being a young family. So it, again, the balance comes in there. It's something I'm so passionate about, given the chance, you know, probably five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, I would have just said, fuck it, let's do six months on the road. I'm, I'm good. I'm, 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 I can do that. But I'm not 25 anymore. I'm not 30. I'm not even 40 anymore, so um, there are there are other priorities there. There's just more elements of the balancing act, and um, which I'm very very sort of uh, how, how do you say that? I'm very excited. I've overused used that word. Um, the, I think the challenge is just awesome, you know, um, of all of it, and the fact that I, I'm literally sitting here and emails are coming in uh, of of people. Hitting the pre-sale up, which is just amazing, just to see that is freaking unbelievable. Um, So I know, (laughs) I know there are people coming along for the ride, uh, which is you can't. I can't ask for more than that. Um, That's that's perfect. So yeah, I hope the next thing in a couple of months after we like celebrate the release of the music will be some, and just over the next couple of months as well. I hope I'm dialing in gigs for the Europe tour, um, and I can share those with you, and we can create more events more experiences that's that's that that is my goal and to really on on the european tour would be amazing to screen the the documentary um in a couple of different places i'd love to do the cd the the album launch um in london do like a hometown thing would be super fun i haven't played london in so long uh i've you know I've toyed with the idea of renting the Purcell Room. Um, there are there are other places as well. I I, I don't know, I'm not sure what I can commit to quite yet. But it would be it'd be a mega experience for me. I would hope it would be the same for you guys. Uh, and if we can do it in more than one place on that tour, that would be really fantastic. It'd be awesome to have like a screening, a Q and A, and a concert. I mean, that's a lot of information, though. Yeah, I don't know how. Maybe you guys give me some feedback about that. Maybe that's a good place to end. This is your homework. Have a think about that. Would you be completely wrecked if you saw, you know, the documentary, when I say feature length, it's not like two hours long. I reckon the cut is probably going to be between 60 and 70 minutes. I think that'll, there's enough time. Maybe it's 60 minutes and it's three 20-minute acts, kind of like the arc of the story. I'm not sure. Exactly how we're going to cut it yet, but I, I don't want it to be exhausting. First of all, so if it was around an hour, let's just say around an hour, more or less, más o menos. One yeah, around an hour for the movie, maybe a little Q and A for twenty minutes, and then the concert. Does that? It sounds exhausting to me. Not if I had to give the concert or give the Q and A. I I love to be in front of the audience doing that. It sounds a little exhausting if I had to sit in the audience. I don't know. Okay, Just guess. It's how how much you're into the thing or not, well, let me know, give me some feedback. jump in the telegram channel um or wherever really wherever um and 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 let me know if you think that would be something that would be cool if you think that would be an event like more of an event than just a gig and something you would like you know dig getting there a little bit earlier to to check out, maybe that's something we could start doing um. And I've al- By the way, I've always wanted to play gigs in movie theaters. I always thought that movie theaters were like the perfect, ready to go venue, banked seating, big old stage, and a, a, you know either keep the curtains closed, keep it all kind of jazz club, or open up the curtains and maybe screen the movie there before uh, before the show. Hmm. As you can see, as you can hear, a lot of uh, a lot of cogs whirring in my brain, a lot of moving parts. Thankfully, a lot of them came together today with the launch of this presale. If you are into the story, if you want to join me on the journey, go to yannickquizdala.com forward slash store. Um, Check out the five levels of the presale. I really uh, hope I've struck the balance right in terms of the access and I haven't uh, excluded anyone from being involved should they want to be. Um, So on that, appreciate your time. Uh, I'll be back a little sooner With the next episode, I'm sure. It's just been a crazy week trying to get this thing off the ground today. So that's it. Coffee drinkers, bass players, guys and girls. Uh, See you all on the next one.